Scott Harold is known for his interviews. Well, you're asking great questions. I think you're in the right career path, my friend. <laughs> I really do. Scott Harold's SOS Radio podcast starts now. I saw a quote from Morgan Freeman. He said, you know, just because I disagree with you, it doesn't mean that I hate you. It's like we all have to relearn like how to actually listen, how to talk, how to actually do life with people anymore. We're talking with Ashley Abercrombie today at SWS Radio. How are you? It's so good to be with you. And I love that quote from Morgan Freeman. I mean, that is a killer start to an interview, honestly. <laughs> it's the reality of where we're at. I mean, it's yes. like you turn on the news, it's just like, wah, wah, wah. It's like peanuts. Yes. You know, it's like you just tune out and drone out the adults when you're the kids. Now we turn on the news and we're like, well, I disagree with that. Or I disagree with that person. Or I disagree with that network. Before you even hear what the actual news is, it's like, what are we doing? I know. I'm so with you. It really does feel like a whole bunch of clamor, like all this confusing noise and a lot of things going on. And sometimes you don't even know which way to go. And we're already so weighed down by our personal problems. I also think that it's easier for us to project all of that onto all this noise and to be frustrated and mad at everything else except for the actual things we have control and influence over. So yeah, it's a wild time to be alive. (laughs) You felt compelled to write an entire book about that. Was that your story? Well, I think that a couple of years ago, I was just looking around going, what are we doing? I mean, I'm watching exactly what you said. I'm watching, you know, comment sections. There's people fighting, people walking away from families, people walking away from their communities, people upset and angry and unable to just speak to one another honestly and openly. And I noticed defenses going up. And so I wanted to be able to speak to that and the reasons that we do it, the reasons we fight, the reasons we avoid conflict, the reasons that we, you know, get aggressively angry instead of connecting with one another and actually trying to listen to one another and hear where people are coming from. And so, yeah, I wanted to talk about it. We're talking with Ashley Abercrombie today at SWS Radio. We're trying to listen. We're trying to be better parents. We're trying to be better coworkers. But the reality is there's a lot of people that they're not listening to us. We want to be heard, but we also want to listen better. And Ashley, you wrote a book called Love is the Resistance. And in the book, you actually talk about how there was this study about how some people who are not Christian view Christians. And the response was pretty overwhelming. It really was. So the Barna Group decided to interview young people, you know, under the age of 30 about what their perspective of Christians is. And they said that the top three things are that they're anti-gay, hypocritical, and judgmental. And that is their perception of Christians. And so I believe that we have a lot of work to do in the public witness. And I hold this intention because the Christians that I know up close are sacrificial and they are generous and they are loving. I mean, they would give you the shirt off their back if they could, and they are active and engaged their communities. So there is this strange disconnection from what we see in real life in our relationships and what we see in the public witness on the news, the scandals, all the things that are happening. And so it's very easy for people to make a judgment about us that actually isn't true. So we need to work on this public witness and really show people what it looks like to love and to grow and to connect and to be humble for once. (laughs) So where do we start? There's a lot there. Let's unpack that for a second. (laughs) So I think recognizing that we're not always right. You know, that's the first thing. We have so much pride that we spew all over the place all the time. And we double down on our certainty and we double down on wanting to prove to people what our opinion is and prove to people how we're right and why we're right. And we don't stop to think, wait a minute, somebody else could have a completely different context. They've had a completely different experience. They have seen things that I haven't seen. What if I'm wrong? 
And then for those who struggle to speak up, because that's the other side of it. Some people never talk because they get nervous at family dinners that if they speak up, somebody's going to say something cruel to them. They get nervous when they're online. They don't want to share their true opinions, even if they're good and full of conviction and full of peace and full of joy. They don't want to offer that because they're worried about how they'll be attacked. So some people need courage to speak up and some people need courage to hush up. That is truth right there. Well, it was funny. I was hanging out with a friend of mine, and we were taking our kids to one of those trampoline places, you know, where they're jumping. Yes. And, you know, and the kids are asking about Afghanistan and everything that's going on. And it's like, well, whose fault is this? Well, my teacher told me it's this person's fault. And then mom told me it's this person's fault. On the news, they say it's this person's fault. Dad, like, whose fault is it? And, and you just want to stop. And my friend just looks at his son and he goes, you know, I don't really know. And his son opened up in a new way because he started rather than saying, here's what's the problem and here's, son, what you need to understand. He just started with, well, I don't really know. Like, this is a whole complicated situation. Before I could say this or this or this definitively, there's a lot of things going on right here. And his son opened up in a whole different way when he started with, this is kind of complicated and I don't fully no. Wow. I mean, that's a parenting pro tip. Like that is all-star parenting right there because I think it takes a lot of courage to say, I don't know. And it also takes a lot of courage to say, this is more nuanced than I feel comfortable with it being. And I don't have any control over my answer or my response. Let's talk about it. Let's dialogue about it. And I, again, I think it's people who double down on certainty that create a lot of problems in their lives and in their relationships, because you do have to be able to be open like that and say, I don't know. And let's talk about the full picture of what this looks like. I love that. We're talking about how we all disagree, but we still got to get along. In reality, we also need to love people and share grace, but also live by conviction. Life is so complicated. We're talking with Ashley Abercrombie today at SWS Radio. She has a brand new book, but we're talking about conflict. We're talking about working through things. You know, Jesus talked about blessed are the peacemakers, but there's kind of a difference between just being a person that wants to keep the peace and someone who's willing to work through conflict and work through discussion to actually find reconciliation and peace. Yes, there is. Thank you for sharing that. There is kind of two perspectives in the world of conflict. You know, we either get very, very aggressive or we get very, very passive or maybe passive aggressive could be the third way. <laughs> and so, you know, we don't say what we mean or we're scared to say it or we're afraid to wade into the waters of conflict because we think we might receive rejection. We might be abandoned. We might suffer loss of relationship. We might not get it right. We might not say all the right words. And so I think it's really important because most of us have not grown up with great examples of what it means to have healthy dialogue and what it means to have healthy conflict resolution. And so we grow up kind of terrified of it. And that expresses itself aggressively, passively, or passively aggressively. So we do have to learn how to be assertive in our communication and how to know that it's okay if you don't have all the right words when you engage in a conflict with another person. You can just say, hey, look, I need some grace. The conversation is important to me because I love you and I care about you. And so I want to have it. It might be messy. I might not say all the right words, but I know that we need to do this because conflict can actually bring us closer. And I think if more people understood that they don't have to get it right and be right every time, and that conflict is an ongoing conversation, one conflict conversation doesn't always solve the issue. They're ongoing and you work it out as you go along. And I think people would engage in this in a way that is like, okay, I can do this. They wouldn't feel so terrified 
to engage in difficult conversations, but we need to, you guys, it's so important that we get this because that's the stuff that makes relationships rich. That's the stuff that grows us closer together. We're talking about how conflict can actually bring us closer. We're talking with Ashley Abercrombie today at SWS Radio. It's interesting when we talk about conflict, like in Christian circles, a lot of times we talk about what Jesus shared in Matthew 18. And we've sort of made like a pattern out of this that it applies in every single situation. And church boards are using it and friends are using it. And people are breaking up from their dating and they're talking about it. And you're just like, okay, let's go back to what Jesus actually taught where he says, you know, like if a brother or sister sins against you, you approach them directly, you have a one-on-one conversation. And if that doesn't work, take a couple other people with you. And then if that doesn't work, you know, you can bring in some church leaders and ask them to be like a neutral third party to resolve it. I know life is complicated. I like how Jesus makes it simple, but do you think sometimes we try to put like broad strokes over this? (laughs) I absolutely do. I keep coming back to this, but it comes back to certainty. We want control. And I think what's so scary about a conflict is that it does feel a little out of control. I actually, when I engage in a conflict with someone else, whether it's at work or at home or in my friendships and my faith community, I don't have control over the other person's reaction or response. I don't get to decide how they feel, whether they blow up or not blow up, whether they engage or decide to sweep things under the rug. I don't get to decide that. I can only do my part. And so I think this confrontation that Jesus is talking about here is one where we are trying to hold people accountable, where if they are doing something in the community that's hurtful or harmful, we can go and have this conversation one-on-one, bring another person in, bring more people in if we need to. But I don't think we need to do that for every conflict in our life. We actually just need to grow in the courage to confront and in the courage to be able to have difficult conversations and not be so afraid of them. We have to be able to do this. Yeah. Broad stroking doesn't work. There's no formula for relationships and communication. You can't do the same thing every time and expect the same results because we don't have control over other people. You know, it's no surprise to anybody that our country is radically divided right now on so many issues. And it's not just like, do you watch CNN or Fox News? Are you a Republican or a Democrat or a socialist? Are you, you know, something, you know, do you, how do you feel about this issue or this issue? How is your family set up? Or what's the right way to parent your baby? You know, there's so many things that we argue about. But even like inside the church, a lot of times where Jesus is supposed to be our reconciled in our center. And we're so divided on so many issues right now. Like, Ashley, what are you seeing on opportunities for us to rethink our opinions on issues so we can respond to other Jesus followers who see the world differently while we think they don't actually look at the Bible? (laughs) Because that's essentially what we're saying when we're saying this person in my church is wrong. Or this person, I don't know how this person can actually be a Christian if they believe this or this or this about this certain issue. It's like, how do we work through that when we're all trying to put Jesus in the center, but we feel like the other people just aren't? Gosh, I love this question. So Anne Lamott says something really beautiful. She says, you can trust that you have created God in your own image when it turns out God hates all the same people that you do. (laughs) So I think, you know, we need to sit, right? That's painful. But when you sit back and you're like, I'm right, they're wrong. And that's how you want to center your relationships. Already, we're off on a bad foot here because, you know, our job is not to convince other people of anything. You know, I don't see Jesus doing that. He wasn't walking around trying to convince people that their way of life was wrong. He wasn't walking around telling people they needed to get their act together. Like, this is not who he 
he was. He was walking around healing. He was walking around touching people who hadn't been touched. He was walking around, you know, lifting people's status and connecting with them and loving them passionately. And the only people he critiqued were actually religious leaders. And I think if that's not sobering, you know, then we all really need a dose of reality because when we walk around telling people, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong. I'm right, I'm right, I'm right. We're certainly acting more like the Pharisees than we are like Jesus because that's an attitude that is centered on pride. And so even if you grossly disagree with someone, I have people in my life whose beliefs I despise. I actually think they're hurtful and harmful. And at the same time, what is my you know, doubling down in my pride? What is my trying to convince them of anything doing? It's not effective. And so I can't center if I want to stay in their life and they want to stay in mine. We can't center our relationship on all the things that we disagree on, on all the reasons I think they're doing life wrong. And why would I want to spend my time judging people so harshly? You know, Jesus talks about this too, the way you judge, it will be judged unto you. So, I mean, all of these scriptures are sobering. And I think we have to look at the whole Bible, the whole gospel, and see what Jesus said before we walk around trying to tell everybody why they're wrong. It's not healthy for our relationships. And honestly, it doesn't bring us any personal peace. We are focusing all our energy on things that we cannot control. And at the end of the day, that is a stressful, exhausting way to live. We have to focus our energy and our influence on the things that we actually have a little control and influence over, or else we're going to drive ourselves and everyone else crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we're talking with Ashley Abercrombie today at SWS Radio, and she wrote a new book called Love is a Resistance. It's about how we learn to disagree and resolve conflict, that, well, basically the conflict that we want to avoid, right? But we want to work through these things. We want to find some reconciliation. We want to find some healing. But a lot of times when we're feeling so like self-righteous on things and we know we're right about something. We don't realize that we've been doubling down on our pride and the pride part becomes more toxic to the other people sometimes than the discussion started with. Yes. You know, pride is a disease. It's a spiritual problem. And I believe that for far too long, you know, as Christians, people have not been in touch with the fact that pride is ruling their life. And this can happen not just on this grand scale that we're talking about, but in our relationships at home. You know, you wonder why you can never connect with that person that you deeply love. We double down on our silence or we double down on our aggressiveness. And I think it's really important for us to realize that pride is the thing that disconnects us. Selfishness is at the heart of pride. And wherever there is selfishness, you cannot actually connect with another person in a meaningful way. And without meaningful relationships, we can't experience rest. We can't experience joy. We can't experience hope and peace and all the things that are available to us when we resolve those internal conflicts. So pride is a very big problem. And the good news is it's an old problem. It's been around since the beginning of the Bible, mm -hmm. since the beginning of time. And there is a way of humility in Jesus that we can find. And there is a way forward that says, you know, hey, I want to be more open. I want to be more generous. I want to be more vulnerable and connected to my life so that I can show up present at peace with myself, with God, and with others. Now, Ashley, what sort of correlation have you been noticing about pride and the cancel culture? I mean, you wrote a whole chapter about cancel culture in your book. 
you know, cancel culture is interesting because, you know, everything is cancel culture. So sometimes holding somebody accountable for their very bad behavior has become cancel culture, or sometimes it goes too far and somebody gets rewarded on the back end of cancel culture in a way mm -hmm. that you're like, are you kidding me? How mm -hmm. did you leave this situation with like half a million dollars? Like how did this happen? You know, or more in one case, I write about it in the book. Somebody left a cancel culture situation with half a billion dollars. It's like, are you guys kidding me? And so I think that it's really important for us to recognize that, you know, cancel culture can sometimes be rooted in pride. We do it just because we don't agree with someone. We do it because we're frustrated with them and we don't want to deal with them. So we're like canceled. And then sometimes it's a necessary thing. But yeah, there are those times where we're just doubling down saying, I don't like the way you think. I don't like the way you vote. I don't like the way you live. I don't like the way you look. And so I'm going to cancel you from my church, from my life, from my friendships, from my community, from my job. And this is when we have to go, what are we doing? What the heck are we doing? And why are we doing it? And since when is disagreement a reason to get people out of your life? If the belief is toxic, yes. If the belief is harmful, yes. But on the just because we disagree with the way someone looks, votes, thinks, and lives, that's yeah. not an acceptable reason for a Christian to say, you can't be in my life. Yeah, and there's such an interesting difference between sin and the consequences that do come with all sin. They're there. Yes. And then there's a difference of, hey, I'm self-righteous and I'm going to put shame on you and come not on. just say, hey, what you're doing is bad, but you yourself, in your soul, your heart, you are bad. And Ooh. I'm putting shame on that. That's right. different than just holding someone accountable or calling out a sinful action. And I think that's a part of the whole cancel culture thing we've got to work through if we're going to find some healing from it. We really do. And we have to stop taking our P's and Q's from pundits and politicians and, you know, YouTubers who their methods work so great <laughs> online. They're, they're great clickbait. They're great little short quips that everybody can repost and meme and do all the things. But when you try to do that in real life, it doesn't work. You know, the average person spends two to four hours a day on social media and mostly Facebook. And so you think about that, that's probably more than most adults talk to another human. And that is shaping the way we think and it is shaping the way we interact. And we cannot, just because we heard that on some podcast or we heard that on some YouTube video, doesn't mean that it needs to become our way of speaking and living. We have to mind our manners, okay? We, got, we need a healthy dose of do better. And it starts with real relationship and the things that we really have connection and control over. That is so important for us to realize. Well, we're talking with Ashley Abercrombie, her brand new book, Love is a Resistance. It is out. Thanks for spending some time with us, Ashley. It's my honor and my privilege. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the SOS Radio Podcast with Scott Harold. If this discussion encouraged you, feel free to share it with your friends on social media.